Hello. Welcome to the High Reliability Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Martin, president of Gosselin Martin Associates. The High Reliability Podcast is dedicated specifically to the discipline of healthcare facilities management. And as always, I thank you for listening to this podcast. Today's episode is going to uh, concentrate on the ASHI Annual Conference, which was held in Boston last week, July 17th through the 20th. It'll just be a recap of the show from our perspective, having been one of the 3,400 or so attendees who were there. So it was just right off the very bat. It was good to see attendance was up from Nashville uh, the year earlier. In Nashville, I went back and I just kind of looked at my notes from last year's conference. And I guess Ashley was saying there was about 2,000 folks in 2021. This year in Boston, there were 3,400, which was good. Nice rebound. Obviously, Nashville was the first conference after COVID. So it's good to see that bump up um, still below pre-COVID numbers from what I've been told, but on its way up, which is good. And it was a really good conference. I do always enjoy um, attending the ASHI Annual Conference I look forward to next year's, which will be in San Antonio, Texas. So I just wanted to hit on a couple of different uh, topics from, as I said, my perspective. If you were to ask any of the other 3,400 people who were there, you'd probably get um, different perspectives. But we did a a wrap-up show last year following the Nashville Conference, and I enjoyed it, and the feedback was good. So I thought I would do um, a similar show this year. I would tell you I had an epiphany on day three while I was sitting in a cybersecurity session that um, Mayo Clinic put on with one of their consultants. While I was sitting in that session, it was the second, it was the first session of the morning. On Wednesday, I got hit by an idea like a bolt of lightning, which I'll get to a little bit further on in this podcast. Um, and I'm sure the bolt of lightning that hit me is a bolt of lightning that you have every day if you're working in healthcare facilities management. For for some reason, while I was sitting in this particular session, I came to a realization um, in my head. But anyways, before we get to that realization, that's a good tease, huh? <laughs> uh, I, I won't have a show business career. Before, before we get to that... Um, particular bolt of lightning, I would just like to say if, if I talk to you um, at the annual, if our paths cross, thank you so much for speaking with me. We had a we had a booth at this particular conference. As I said, it was in Boston, and it was held just about 20 miles from our home office here in Walpole. Um, our office is just to the southwest of the city. So if I was a bird and I could fly straight, I'd be there quickly. But if you've been out here to this part of the country, New England in general, we have very few straight roads. There really aren't straight lines to get anywhere. So while I may be 20 miles away, the drive there is a little bit uh, a little bit longer. But it was great to have that booth. Our business is unique in that um, we speak to many people across the industry on a regular basis, both via email and phone call, but we don't always see people. And so... I always enjoy going to this session because you'll run into a person who'll say, hey, I am so-and-so, I get your emails, or I am so-and-so, we've talked over the years, and I love to be able to put a um, face to a name. I think one of the things, you know, one of the the takeaways from this particular 
um, ASHI annual conference, and it's always reinforced, is that this really is a people business. Um, it's a person to person. And though we have Zoom meetings and we have all these technologies that are designed to keep us in contact, there is nothing that can replace the face-to-face component of it. It's interesting that as the job has become more difficult to do and to perform, the networking, which was once so valuable because you could network with your peers, it's more difficult to do because you simply cannot get away. And I contend, and I know many of you agree just because I speak to a lot of you, that Zoom and Teams and all of these other technologies, while they are replacements, they cannot um, duplicate what the face-to-face environment brings. Um, you know, the the Crystal Eagle Award this year uh, was given to Jim Shoemaker. And, you know, I think a Jim, as we talk about networking and the importance of uh, the ASHI Annual for networking and you know, the regional engineering societies for networking. Jim Shoemaker uh, was the recipient of the 2022 Crystal Eagle Leadership Award. And Jim, you know, he's a former lieutenant colonel in the military, transitioned his career after serving um, distinguishedly in the military, transitioned over to healthcare facilities, became a leader in this industry. And, you know, Jim and, and, and many others, including my business partner, Jack, came up during a time where networking was so critically important. In both Jim's speech when he received the Crystal Eagle and Shay Rancorn, uh, the president of, of ASHI alluded to it as well. You know, Shay was talking about how Jim and others helped him really develop his career. And that was through the networking component. And I think that we are losing some of that face-to-face network just in the demands of the job. And the demands of the job kind of goes into the epiphany that I'll talk about at the end of this podcast, the epiphany that I had. But I congratulate, you know, congratulations to Jim. Congratulations to Shay for a good, a good uh, conference. But uh, Jim, um, I met him at the Denver Ashy Annual, probably 2016, 2017, and just a tremendous gentleman. I really um, enjoy seeing him at the ASHI annual every year. Jim's in his late 80s now, I think, um, but full of vibrancy um, and just a tremendous gentleman. So you, know, you go to the ASHI annual, you meet the people who you work with now, you meet the people from before, so um, it can't be duplicated, but my congratulations to Jim. Great to see him this year. We'll see him again next year in San Antonio. The uh, keynote this year was given by a battlefield doctor, Dr. Sadiq. It was a, you know, it was a, I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed a session, you know, some of the comments that I heard from people. And again, we had that booth on the floor. So I talked to a lot of folks. They didn't think it was inspirational enough, necessarily inspirational enough, but I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was thought provoking. I'm not sure that keynotes always need to be inspirational. I think if they're thought provoking, um, they work. So Dr. Bose, you may have seen him on CNN. He's been on CNN. He's been on the cable networks. Um, he was a battlefield doc. He's still an emergency room doctor, um, served for 12 years of service on the front line. He, he treated Saddam Hussein after his capture. So he was a doctor during the first Gulf War um, when Hussein was captured. 
Dr. Bose was there to treat him. He didn't go into that story in a great amount of detail. In fact, he left it for the very end. And I kind of wanted to hear a little bit more about that because you talk about obviously dealing with a historic figure, um, an histor- historic and notorious figure. Um, that would have been good to hear. But Dr. Bose talked a lot about his battlefield experiences. And, and one of his lines, which I thought was fantastic, and it's not necessarily related to um, leadership at all, but he talked about bureaucracy and he said, bureaucracy is the art of making the possible impossible. Thought that was a tremendous line. Bureaucracy is the art of making the possible impossible. And if you think about that, there's probably a lot of truth to it. But the doctor uh, recounted many stories from the battlefield and just how to deal with things. It was, you know, he talked a lot about the inner army that each of us have. And the inner army was related, and we all have this. It's mental, it's physical, it's emotional. And many of the stories that he told kind of dovetailed around that. And so I really did, I I enjoyed his speech. He talked about leaders needing a frontline perspective. And again, it's pretty simple, right? It's not rocket science, but if you think about it, it's so true. And if you think about, you know, your best bosses, your best leaders, you as a leader, um, I think that frontline perspective is really important. So it was a lot around those simple lessons to learn. Um, But my takeaways for that was really the inner army, mental, physical, emotional, and that frontline perspective. And I enjoyed it. He, he, um, when he returned from the Gulf War, he has a, uh, he has a um, volunteer organization, the battlecontinues.org, the battlecontinues.org. It's a, a group that helps veterans after war with their health. So veterans returning from war, veterans returning from service who might be suffering from a variety of mental and physical uh, illnesses, the battlecontinues.org is run by Dr. Bose and uh, it assists those veterans who need help. But again, you know, I have, I don't know that I've ever gone to an ASHI annual and there's been a bad keynote. I think that in their own ways, you always learn something and there's always a takeaway, at least that I get, um, that I get out of them. You know, I was listening back to the podcast that we did last year following Nashville because I wanted to see if um, I want to see what I talked about thematically. And obviously I can't go to all the sessions, you know, I kind of hit the ones that, that speak to me. Um, And then, you know, you need to make time to speak with folks so you don't get to everything, but I did want to hear at least what I had talked about last year uh, relative to Nashville and, you know, there were a number of COVID sessions in Nashville in 2021. That was, you know, the same here in 2022. But I also talked about themes such as communication, succession planning. And those continued this year. Although I thought that there were not as many soft skill opportunities this year, soft skill session opportunities this year as there had been in the past. A lot of technical, and you would expect that, right? It's an engineering conference. Um, so there's going to be technical components, and that's what the, you know, that's what the um, membership wants. But I did, I, I was just kind of, uh, in my own way, I was like, oh, not as many soft skill opportunities as you might normally see. You know, last year, the podcast in 2021, we talked about the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And the Bureau of Labor Statistics says that the average stay, uh, average length of employment 
for most employees, whether you're male, female, for male, it's four years, for female, it's 4.3 years. And I was saying that I think that, you know, in healthcare facilities management, it's probably even a bit lower at three years. And, uh, you know, I would say the same thing this year in 2022. Um, in fact, you know, when, when we do our, um, you know, when we do our recruitments with our clients, you're always trying to find somebody who's going to stay with you. We all want that. But the market isn't always supporting that these days. And that's just, you know, that's not, that's, that's the way it is. I think we live in a much more um, transient employee market and nothing I saw or heard at the Ashy Annual um, would make me think otherwise. And, you know, we talk about retirements and we talk about the silver tsunami. It's, you know, it's certainly here um, on the, uh, on the floor, you know, at our booth. At one point I talked to four consecutive people who were retiring at the end of this year. And so if anything, you know, the, the, the drain is going to continue. And I think as people, you know, we just said earlier in the podcast that people really are, it's a people business and people are really our most valuable resource that we have. And yet it is much more difficult to find those people and those resources. You know, another session that I went to um, on that Wednesday, following my epiphany session with the Mayo Clinic folks was the Joint Commission session. They always run uh, the Joint Commission session, and this was featuring, it always usually features Herman McKenzie, Jim Kendick, and Tim Markijan um, from the Joint Commission. It's usually the last day, keeps people there, um, a marquee, you know, a marquee event to go to. And, they, this year, the DNV session ran against the Joint Commission session, so I thought it was interesting, but it's probably good timing to do it that way. You have your DN people at one, and then your Joint Commission folks at another, and the Joint Commission is always highly attended. But a couple of the you know, interesting things from that session, you know, Jim Kendrick had said, they are catching up significantly with their, um, with their surveys. They're about three to, more, three to four months behind schedule, but um, in his words, they're catching up fast and furious and would expect to be caught up fully in uh, early 2023. So his words of uh, advice to those folks who were expecting a survey was to expect it to be pretty close to when it's, uh, when it's scheduled. He said maybe for the next couple of months, add three months to it, but they are working quickly. They do 1,450 hospital surveys per year pretty good number. And they were saying they have about 400 to catch up. Um, the other thing that was interesting and, you know, they were talking about pieces of advice, you know, before, you know, if you're, you're um, expecting your survey, but I think it was Tim who said they're continually surprised by the number of organizations or the number of hospitals that they go to that don't have the accreditation manual. Uh, they don't have it. It's, it's not with them. And their biggest piece of advice was to get it. Um, in their words, and I, again, I think it was Tim, I didn't read it. He said, it's amazing. It's amazing the number of hospitals they walk into and that accreditation manual is not present um, to assist. He said, more surveys than we would like to admit, people don't have access to the manual. And as I said, the biggest piece of advice that they said, make sure you have that and you know, work, know what's in it and work within it. So that was the 
you know, the joint commission session, I always, again, the, the question and answer session is, is enlightening. So that was, uh, you know, that was an enjoyable uh, session. I would say that the last thing to uh, that was crystallized for me on day three was, and it was, as I said, it was during the Mayo Clinic um, building system cybersecurity session. Uh, Kirk Riggs from Mayo was there and they had their consultant, Ty Greenhall, as well. And it was talking about um, cybersecurity, securing the facility or securing your data. Just as I sat there and was listening to them, you know, I wondered, is this role, the director of facilities management, is it becoming too big for a single person? This isn't rocket science. You know what I'm going to say here. But uh, if you think about it, over the last couple of years, and the cybersecurity component, I mean, we talk about it or they talk about it at every ASHI annual. But again, it's increasing in intensity with the number of threats. I mean, not as just now your hacker, but during that presentation and the same ones I went to last year, talking about, you know, geopolitics with the Russians and the Chinese and and the enemies of the United States trying to hack into your system. So no longer are you just dealing with the, you know, the youth around the corner. Now it's it's international. So you've got that cybersecurity you need to deal with. Obviously, there's the COVID pandemic which is still, uh, which is, you know, still being dealt with. You have labor, labor demands where at the, at the uh, technician level, at the tradesperson level, you can't get enough people. You have the retirements, the silver tsunami. You have physical safety, the physical safety of the building. The world isn't becoming less complex or less violent. It's becoming more violent and more complex. I sat through a couple of seminars this year, um, environmental health and engineering located out here, gave one just about green buildings and sustainable demands. And as you know, coming over the next couple of years, our emission standards, that more aggressive emission standards that hospitals are going to need to meet. Again, that's another intensity that's not letting up, it's ramping up. Um, you talk about then just the normal building, you know, the maintenance of your building, the running of your building, the running of your facilities teams, if you've got facilities and you've got design and construction. So, and, and, you know, this is an even exhaustive list that I've just gone over. So as I was sitting there in the, in the Mayo Clinic building cybersecurity, just kind of hit me. And I, again, you know, we think about these things a lot because it's what we do. But as I sat there thinking about it, and I think it was when you went to the geopolitics of it and started talking about, you know, the hacking from countries that are, um, you know, not necessarily friendly to the United States. It just hit me that the job is so complex to begin with. And then you layer on, you know, because by itself, by itself, you may be able to deal with any one of these things, whether it's sustainable demands and green, cybersecurity, physical safety, whatever. But then you take it in the totality and you multiply that by the meetings, the demands, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, at oftentimes it can be a thankless job. I was thinking back to, um, you know, our, or my experience at Steward Healthcare, um, when we had just been acquired, we were Caritas Christi, um, and it was just, 
you know, six hospitals. And I was thinking back to those original six hospitals and the facilities directors that I worked. So I was on the corporate level, and but I worked with our facility directors on a daily basis. You know, I thought back to Mike Stack, who worked at Kearney Hospital, and John Crowley, who was at Norwood Hospital, and John Carciero, who was at Holy Family, Barry Dulong at St. Anne's, Paul Crawford, and then Mike Canning, who were at St. Elizabeth's Hospital, and Scott Kenyon, who was down at Good Samaritan Hospital, just a great group of guys. And we were this going bankrupt Catholic hospital system that transitioned into steward healthcare. And we had an injection of money and it was, you know, it was, it was a trying time. And I, I, I remember that we were trying to find efficiencies and, um, you know, going to Granger contracts and system contracts where we could. And as I was sitting in that meeting with the um, cyber folks at Mayo, I thought back to a couple of the meetings when our facility, so our corporate office at the time was located in Boston. Now it's down in Dallas and Stewart Healthcare is much bigger than just those six original hospitals. Um, we, we grew very quickly. But I was thinking back to some of those meetings in Boston and for whatever reason, two of the things um, that I thought to that we were trying to systematize was paint and landscaping and snow plowing. And if you are a director now, or if you're on the corporate level, you know that paint your local paint store that supplies you paint when you need it and probably gives you some favorable pricing when you need it. And that paint store that kind of fuels that local economy, our directors push back significantly on that paint, um, on the, you know, systematizing our paint through some of those bigger, bigger companies. And, you know, the ability of the director to get out and get what they need when they need it is so critically important. So painting was one area and, and the other was snow plowing and landscaping where, you know, that relationship, if, if you're located in the northern part of the country, you know this, that relationship you have with your snow plowing uh, firm is so critical to know that they will be there not only plowing, but also sanding and melting that snow and melting that ice. And we got tremendous pushback from our directors, from those six, seven gentlemen on it, and rightly so. And it just, as I said, was I, as I was sitting in the cybersecurity, I was thinking back to, you know, painting and snow plowing, the things that aren't really sexy, but the things that keep that facility director, you know, able to meet the demands of the organization. And then I just thought, wow, we're throwing all of these items on top of that. So that was my epiphany. And again, it wasn't a huge epiphany. And certainly I know that it's the case, but I, I think that I was just wondering what is that critical breaking point where we throw so much or where throw or where so much is thrown upon a position that it's just physically not able to be done. You know, we we've talked a lot about burnout coming out of um coming out of, of COVID, and that's real. Um, as I said. You, know, you go on that floor and you talk to people, there's a lot of folks who are going to be retiring. So it is certainly a challenging time in healthcare facilities management. Those challenges are not going away. They are only increasing. But I think that, you know, if we put a positive light on it, the ASHI annual was a great, is a great opportunity and was a great opportunity to connect with folks who, who are going through some of these challenges, getting some best practices, some I would say, you know, hats off to Ashy for another tremendous conference. I look forward to, you know, being down in San Antonio next year. So, you know, big picture stuff, 
taken away from me. And again, our perspective is the recruiting prism, but it's, it's what's the breaking point? Cause I think it's out there. <laughs> I really do. You know, the, the conference is great and conferences are great for kind of the rah, rah and the excitement. And that's rightly so, right? That that's deserved. Um, it's great education, but there's also a point at which, um, it becomes really difficult to accomplish all that's on the plate. And when you go to one of these conferences and you take in all this great education, you, you, you see them as one-offs, but then if you put them into the totality of it, the totality of what needs to be done with the real world reality of fewer people in the workforce, the real world reality of, you know, the COVID shot removing some people out of the workforce. Now, again, I've said this before, I don't care what your political viewpoint is. It really doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is there are people who are no longer working in this profession who've done the job well because they didn't get a shot. Um, that's real. And the other thing that's real, again, is you know fewer people in the workforce. So I'm not trying to be a downer. Those are my thoughts out of you know the annual for this year. It was a great, it was a great conference and, and hats off to all. But I'm always kind of, um, I think this year more so, always thinking about those future challenges. And I think it um, it behooves everybody to kind of work together. You know, because you go to the Ash Annual, they always talk about the the drain that's coming, and, and we talk about it too. But we've yet to solve for it. But there were some, you know, uh, there were younger faces there, um, which was good. And that does need to continue. So that's my briefer podcast. Well, I went longer than I really wanted. Um, but those are my thoughts. And if you have thoughts, if you attended, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to get feedback from folks who were there and folks who weren't there. Um, you can reach me at peter at goslin-associates.com. Also want to give a um, just a brief uh, advertisement for the jobs that we have on our website, goslin-associates.com. Jobs tab, you can see them all listed there. So I do appreciate you listening. We'll be back next month uh, with a couple of additional podcasts. They won't be me. I'll have guests. So, But I appreciate you listening. I hope to see you soon. And uh, this is Peter Martin from Gossel Martin Associates. Have a great day, and thanks as always for listening.